0: You're listening to Impulse to Innovation. The Institution of Mechanical Engineers podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Helen Mees. As a global community of mechanical engineers with over 120,000 members in 140 countries, the Institution of Mechanical Engineers has been at the heart of the engineering profession since 1847. The institution's mission is to improve the world through engineering by sharing the latest news, views and insight into the creative world of technology and the people that make it happen. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Institution of Mechanical Engineers' Impulse to Innovation podcast. We are live from Formula Student 2023 at the world-famous Silverstone Circuit, home of the British Grand Prix. I'm your host, Dr. Helen Mees. It is great to be back here at race control we're in the race control building overlooking the national pit strait outside and reaching out across to the silverstone utc uh, this morning i had the pleasure of interviewing one of the judges uh, over there and we'll be playing that interview uh, as part of the podcast when we finish the live recording today we i've got some wonderful guests joining me today. And uh, they're going to be talking all things Formula Student, including uh, competitors, judges. uh, We've got some of the FS staff and some of the sponsors and a few special guests along the way, which will be great. Now, if you're listening to the podcast for the first time, welcome. It's good to have you with us. You can also access all 36 episodes of the Eye to Eye podcast directly from the IMA Key website via www.imakey.org. Or you can listen in from our Podbean site at www.imakey.podbean.com or any podcasting service provider that you already use. And we have a fantastic collection of shows covering everything from EVs right through to brewing. So if you want to have a listen to the show after today's uh, live podcast, please feel free to go along to our website and have a listen. This is not just any Formula Student event. This is the Silver Jubilee of FS. And and what an amazing 25 years it's actually been. There have been over 45,000 students taking part in this competition since its inception. And that's tens of thousands of hours of design, prototyping, building, testing, and competing. And not to mention the time and effort that that, uh, the judges, who are all volunteers, they're all engineers who are passionate about motorsport and about STEM education. They put so much time and effort into, into taking part and giving their time up uh, to be part of this. So we give a big shout out to them. Thank you so much uh, from all of us uh, for, for putting the time and effort into the show. And of course, Giles mentioned the staff at imac they do an incredible job and we certainly couldn't do this event without them. What is this competition all about? Well, if you're not familiar with uh, Formula Student as a competition, it is essentially uh, a set of tasks that the teams, the university students have to go through. They have to conceive design, fabricate, develop and compete uh, with a small formula style race car. They can enter into different parts of the competition. Internal combustion engine vehicles are obviously the traditional vehicles. I, I I think I can use the word traditional now. They have electric vehicle competition, alternative fuels vehicles, which include hybrid powertrains, and they also have driverless vehicles, which is what Giles was talking about, the AI vehicles. The competition starts with a series of technical inspections to check that the vehicle is safe to use and is compliant to the rules. And then the competition is divided into a series of both static and dynamic events. In the static events, the team car uh, has to undertake uh, design, cost and sustainability presentations and also a business presentation, technical and safety scrutineering, which you heard me mention while I was talking to Giles, and one of my favourites, the tilt test, uh, where the car has to go up on a 45 degree tilt bed, Mm -hmm. and also brake and noise tests. In the dynamic testing, uh, they have to do a skid pan test, which is like a figure of eight round cones, uh, a sprint test, acceleration test, and then on Sunday comes the endurance challenge and also the fuel, fuel economy challenge. For each of these sections of the competition, they accumulate points. The team, obviously, with the most points, is the overall winner but there are also individual prizes for various sections of the competition as well so many of the teams who don't win the overall prize do actually pick up trophies and awards throughout the competition so I hope you've all got that (laughs) and that all makes sense so now you're as familiar with Formula Student as I am welcome to Formula Student. I can see that my first guest has joined us, so I'm going to introduce him and he is a very special guest. Giles, can you hear me? I can. Can you hear me? I can. Yes, Giles. Thank you so much for joining us. I have to say, uh, for those uh, who are listening today, we are really pleased to have Giles Hartill with us, who is the 138th president of the IME. Giles, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast again. Uh, you've been on the show before, uh, and thanks for for dialing in. I know you're really busy.
1: Uh, it's amazing to be on the call with you today. Uh, this is such an amazing podcast, uh, Helen. So thank you so much for all you do uh, to keep it going and and expanding it. Uh, it's lovely to be here.
0: Oh, that's that's really kind of you to say so, Giles. Thank you ever so much. Y- you must be really pleased, obviously, to be celebrating as president of the institution, but also formula students quarter of a century during your presidential year. What does formula student mean to you personally? And and what does it really mean to the institution as a whole?
1: Well, uh, you know, personally for me, Helen, the, you know, motorsport has been a massive part of my life uh, for so many years. You know, since a kid, I've been a huge fan Uh, I go to Le Mans every year for the 24-hour motor race. I have been doing that for over 20 years. You know, and when you look at Formula Student, I mean, it's obviously a training ground for the next generation. um, But it's also, you know, an amazing spectacle for spectators, like in its own right, uh, uh, which is why it's such a fantastic event to, to attend. And really from... From a King's perspective, obviously this is our flagship event. You know, we do so many amazing student challenge competitions uh, throughout the summer. It's you know a really fun time for us as an organisation, uh, but but this is the big one, um, and uh, particularly with its celebratory year, it makes it even more special.
0: Yeah, I. I th- I think the whole atmosphere here is is just electric and it, there, are, there are so many teams out there as well. I came last year, or no, year before, and it was just kind of coming out of COVID and it was very subdued and there weren't many teams, but this year it seems to have got right back to where it was and it's absolutely buzzing out there. I know you're not here today, but you're going to be coming over the weekend, aren't you?
1: Yeah, I, I know. I can't wait. I, I'm actually sat in our Birdcage Walk headquarters in London Uh, and uh, uh, so I'm here working today, but I will be there on Sunday. I cannot wait.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now, Giles... I know that the launch of the Amaki's uh, 2030 strategy is something that is is really fundamental to your presidency and and it's very personal to you I think as well um knowing how much involvement you've had in it how does a competition like Formula Student fit into the strategic objectives of the Amaki and and enhance its mission to improve the world through engineering
1: well formula student couldn't be more perfect as an example to be honest Ellen, because when you look at our two strategic goals you've got membership development and we've got impact and if you take membership development first you know that's all about providing the opportunity to learn and apply engineering uh, not just uh, for our members but technicians and engineers more widely uh, and, and, and you know, what do we see, you know, the students and everyone that's involved in Formula Student doing? They're, they're doing exactly that. So it absolutely fits that perfectly. And, and then you take the second uh, goal around impact. And, and what does that mean? Well, if you look at Formula Student as a showcase to promote engineering, to demonstrate innovation, to, to really lead... Uh, on real positive impacts for society, you know, in terms of like what people are learning as they participate in Formula Students, and then what they then become. Uh, later on in their lives Uh, I mean it just is such a perfect example.
0: Yeah I was talking to um, one of the sponsors actually earlier today and and he was saying you know what an opportunity it is for the students to take part in this to build their confidence to enable them to experience what it's really like to work in in industry and and to to be part of this engineering community that, that we live in, which is such a wonderful place to be. It doesn't matter what field of engineering you're in, right? It's it's all part of this community feel that that we have. Now, we know that many of the competitors um, that have taken part in FS have, have gone on to do incredibly successful things, wonderful careers, but not just in automotive industry, but have contributed to all areas of engineering. What do you hope that the the FS's long-term legacy will be, kind of looking forward now from your presidency to the next 25 years? Well, I think
1: if you look at Formula Student as a whole, first and foremost, it's a real opportunity for students to apply themselves. You know, that that that's, that, that's obvious, right? But the, the, the thing that I've found when I've gone round and spoken to the teams in the past and, and, and on Sunday, I expect the same response, is that quite often, like, the the, the technical side is almost a given, you know, because they're all just technically gifted, (laughs) you know, they're they're, they're learning, and they're applying what they're learning, Uh, and and quite often, the thing that I get back from feedback from talking to the the competitors is, it's actually the non-technical stuff, where the biggest growth benefit is, and the biggest, um, the biggest win for them is, you know, whether it be like, you know the non-technical side of time management or leadership of the team, etc. You know teamwork, like those elements uh, are where I think it sorry, undersells itself, like and overachieves uh, because uh, because that's the real world experience that that, that the teams gain uh, and over and above like what you would learn from you know your standard project uh, you know engineering uh, during your 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 course, for example. Yeah, but also. When you think about it, you know, it doesn't matter whether the students uh, end up in in motorsport, in the auto industry, in wider engineering industry. You know, for me, there's a real legacy of the lived experience of those involved who then go on to do, like, just amazing things, like, when they apply what they've learned, like, throughout their careers, continuing to innovate, you know, throughout, you know, that time. And, and you've actually used the, the word already. The sense of community that you see in everyone that participates in Formula Student is just absolutely mind-boggling. You know, whether it's the students, competitors themselves, whether it's those that support them, uh, the volunteers, the members, the staff, the sponsors... I mean, just, a, just an absolute massive thank you up front from me to everyone involved because it is just such an amazing event.
0: Yeah, and I, I think we do have to give a big shout out to to the staff, um, particularly the IMECE staff who are here today and who work on Formula Student throughout the year, bringing us this incredible event. Uh, they They really do an amazing job and we couldn't be here um, without them, could we? I mean, it's it's a huge undertaking to put on something as big as as this event. We've got, what, about 130 teams, I think, here this year. So, uh, yeah, from all over the world, which is quite amazing. I, I really don't know how they do well, it.
1: That's the thing. It's, it's, it's not just an I'm a key event. It's not just an engineering event, I think, even these days. I mean, it, 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 it goes beyond engineering, you know, and I think some of the things we do, and that the engineering community does where it where it where it goes outside of engineering into sort of general public like understanding, I think is where you get a lot of you know really big impact
0: yeah, most definitely. So what are you looking forward to seeing then when you get here on on Sunday? Are you bringing family with you? you no
1: know, I'm not uh, I, oh. <laughs> I, I, did, I did last year. Uh, I brought my son last year who had a whale of a time he was only three three years old last year. And he absolutely loved it, uh, particularly sitting in um, uh, one of the Bentleys.
0: <laughs> I can honestly say we've been and done the same thing this morning, Giles, as well. <laughs>
1: yeah, the, the, some of the teams were very kind and they were offering to, you know, let him sit in the car. But he was a bit young; he didn't quite want to do that. Um, but no, unfortunately, I, I can't bring my family because I'm actually going camping uh, this weekend, and I'm leaving right. the campsite to come up to Silverstone. Uh, <laughs> especially, uh, you know, it sounds like the crowd, etc. Loads of people coming Sunday. I've even just heard that we might even have an MP uh, turning up on Saturday. Um, wow! Uh, so, uh, so, 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 the, the level of exposure that uh, we are, we are, we are having uh, is um, is really high um, this year.
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, we've had a walk down the pits uh, this morning, all the way down to Scrutineering and it's it's just a buzz down there. All the static events are going on at the moment, so when you obviously get here at the weekend, it'll be the dynamic uh, testing. So I think you'll have a wonderful time, uh, regardless. And and kudos to you for you know giving up a family holiday to <laughs> to come to to the race meet as well. <laughs> That's really good of oh, you. I and mean, I wouldn't
1: miss it for the world. It's such an amazing event, and um and and the the, the most fun thing. For me, is just walking around and t- like the pits and talking to the teams. You know that, that just, to the insights that you get in terms of like what they do in terms of innovation is just the mind boggles. I mean, last year I remember seeing the uh, you know the AI vehicles you know going around the yeah. of eight. My mind was just blown away. That that you know we've got you know students that, that are capable of designing, building, coding um, you know autonomous vehicles so effectively and and look what's happening in the world around us um
0: uh, you know, so you know they're going to be the future. Yeah, totally. It, it does uh, kind of put you in awe of some of the things that these young people are, are developing now, compared to certainly when I was a young engineer. So um, yeah, it's it's really quite fantastic to see the the electric vehicles and the AI stuff, and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how the AI competition develops. And I, we've got some guests on later on who are going to tell us all about that. So I'm quite excited to hear from them. Giles, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today, all the way from I'm A Key HQ. It really does kick off our podcast uh, to have you on the show. So thank you very much for joining thank me. Thanks
1: so much for having me uh, and uh, really wish you all the best for the rest of the podcast. Uh, such
0: a great initiative. Thank you again, Helen. You're welcome, Giles. It's great to speak to you. Take care. Have a good day. I am really pleased to have Elliot Heems in the studio with me, Managing Director of IPG Automotive UK, one of the FS sponsors on the show today. Elliot, welcome to Eye2Eye podcast. It's it's a real pleasure to have you here. Thanks very much. I'm delighted to be here. You've been sponsoring the event now for a good number of years as a business. So what brings you back to Formula Student each year as a sponsor?
2: There's a few aspects really. Uh, simulation in general is getting more and more prevalent in industry and more and more important in how we develop vehicles. And so we want students to be as familiar as possible with the, the genuine use of simulation in industry. When they come out of university, the employability factor is really important. And of course, there's the other kind of side benefits of that, of being able to recruit good people who are familiar with our software, which is obviously a, a sensible byproduct.
0: I guess it's the atmosphere as well, isn't it? Of being part of this community, seeing these young engineers kind of come up through... Um, the ranks by taking part in this competition must kind of give you a little bit of a buzz too
2: absolutely absolutely there's some real intelligence downstairs and, and there's some incredible uh kind of technological feats that are being attempted and i'm, I'm very impressed and, and the buzz is as you say brilliant uh, it's, it's really nice to see this these guys coming through and um making me feel particularly old and out of touch i have to say with, with some of the things they're capable of
0: <laughs> yeah totally it, it just astounds me actually the the way that they go about tackling the prob- problems and each year of course the the competition gets more and more complex it's lots more challenges introduced into it I suppose as well which which keep them on their toes and yeah you're absolutely right they do make you feel like you've forgotten a lot of your engineering skills. So you absolutely.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> now you've got a very hands-on approach to the competition don't you Elliot because you know what aspects of the the competition do IPG Automotive get involved in uh, in terms of of taking part in the competition yourselves?
2: That's a good question. So there's there's two aspects for me. There's the the personal aspect of of coaching young people to be brilliant at what they do. Um, And I've been kind of keen on coaching for many, many years. So that kind of brings me personally in. Uh, But the kind of IPG Automotive UK aspects, um, there's a a number really. So number one, I've just come from judging a couple of the FSAI um, teams. Uh, That is really good because you see great people coming through. There's a lot of interest. We can kind of directly uh, affect how the competition is going year on year and and give um, students the right tools to be able to deliver what they need to deliver so that's the kind of key main main one there um, obviously we want to be able to promote IPG Automotive as well uh, we want to be able to recruit good people Uh, And we want to be able to get in early in people's careers and give them the guidance of of what is genuine engineering in industry that they need to be doing, rather than maybe a perception, an incorrect perception sometimes, uh, of what industry feels like. Particularly in the UK, I've got a bit of a chip on my shoulder about what engineering is, um, and trying to educate people as to what a real-world career in engineering is and how awesome it is. I mean, I've had over 20 years in industry and loved every second of it, pretty much. Uh, And I want to be able to kind of pass that on. A couple of other bits we do. So number one is um, the uh, LTS, lap time simulation part of it. So I've talked about FSAI and the driverless car. We also uh, put software into the into the uh, competition so that students can both develop their vehicles um, using our tool, CarMaker, uh, and just generally make their cars quicker around the track. But the LTS is a, a competition aspect within the event as well where uh, we give them the infrastructure in which to... Uh, optimize our lap time with a a, a car we've put into the software already. So we give them a virtual vehicle uh, with a few design constraints and they're able to tweak that um, and maybe build a DOE uh, so that they can run many, many, many tests in the software. It's all for free, obviously, so that we can we can get people to learn faster, um, and they come out with uh, good skills. Hopefully, in what uh, optimization technologies can deliver.
0: Yeah. So I'm quite fascinated by this uh, Formula Car Maker program that that you've set up. Can you tell us a little bit more about the details of that and and what the students get from that?
2: I can certainly try. There are people in my team far better versed to talk about this. So we provide. Um, a virtual vehicle that says a kind of a, a base vehicle to build from so that they can tweak it to their own um, vehicle dynamics properties and so on. We provide an infrastructure in which to test it, so some virtual tracks with cone placement technology and that kind of thing. And then we provide the car maker infrastructure to be able to run uh, multiples of tests using Test Manager. And that is kind of industry-grade software that enables students to be able to uh, do it like we would in industry, really, and, and, and develop those vehicles. So, uh, with it, within that, we provide each team a number of licenses, and every team can apply for it uh, and register for, for kind of the formula car maker side of it. And then there's the competition side as well that kind of helps to, to force the mindset of how do we optimise these vehicles, and that's LTS. So the they're, they're two are slightly separate, really. One, you can just use the industry-grade uh, kind of world, world-class tool set of CarMaker to be able to develop your cars, and then the other one is the competition bit to be able to gain some points from doing such a thing as well. Um, and one is on your own car, and one is the other is in a, a car that we've provided for you.
0: Right, okay. So going back to what you were saying about you know preparing the students for, for life in the real world, this opportunity, opportunity to engage with a company like yourselves and and see what happens in the real world and, and what not only a job might be like, but but actually how you go about using these tools is really fundamental, isn't it, to, to the opportunities for young engineers today?
2: Absolutely. It's just opening people's eyes to, as to what they might like to do in the career, but also what they won't like to do. I mean, that, that's also yeah. equally powerful. What, what do you not like doing? Um, and so we've got, uh, within the, the framework, we've got access to our experts. There's a, a forum on which people can post their questions and... And either forum members in the community can answer or uh, some of our experts in the business. And it's a global forum as well, so we've got people around the world who answer those questions as well. Um, and then we do various webinars, and, and uh, there's lots of posts on social media for, for what new stuff is coming as the package is updated with CarMaker 12 and so on. So, uh, yes, there's an interaction as well as just throwing licences at people and, and have them just kind of learn in the dark. We do, we do support them heavily to be able to get the most out of it in a very short space of time as well.
0: So... I know that you guys have got a, a, a stand down in the paddock as well, haven't you? So what can visitors expect to see um, when they come to the event, if they're coming, you know, on the weekend uh, to to see the competition or actually the students who are going round at the moment?
2: The uh, So the thing that people mostly will be interested in is we've got a static driving simulator down there. Uh, so you can physically drive CarMaker in a virtual environment. Uh, we've got some little uh, tricks and things with... with uh, autonomous uh, aspect or or, or the driver behaviour if uh, an elk jumps out in front of you we can simulate all that kind of stuff so you can have a go on that and then um, I've got a bunch of industry experts in there as well. So we've got some of our technical team as well as some of our commercial teams. You can go and talk about uh, the various different aspects of what we do, not just the, the deeply technical kind of supporting customers and the consultancy that we do, but also how do we engage with customers and, and sell things to them in the right way. What, um, what I always say to the team is, what problems are we going to solve for those customers? That's, that's the major thing. What is the complex technical question that you're trying to answer? So if you are one of the teams here, um, the guys are on hand to be able to help. And last year, actually, we, we got involved with a little bit of coding. Somebody came over and said, look last minute stuff, I need to fix something, well I can't how complicated it was, it was well beyond me, that's for sure. Um, can you just give me some pointers? And the guy sat down and did a bit of a coding um, challenge together for an hour and we were able to kind of have that relationship building, which is really important I think as we try and recruit people out of this event as well.
0: Yeah, a great way to build confidence as well in, in the students um, it, for the future. As absolutely, well, yeah. absolutely. Elliot, Thank you so much for coming on the show today. It's been a pleasure to have you. I hope you have a fantastic rest of the weekend. It'll be great to come down and see the stand later on. So we'll, I'll hopefully get around to, to coming and having a look. Uh, maybe take take a little go on the simulator.
2: Absolutely. We're delighted to have you down there. Thanks very much for having me here.
0: Great. Thank you. I'm joined by Ella Barrington, Engineering Management Consultant and Senior Business Plan Presentation Judge. It's quite a title. (laughs) Ella is also a Formula Student alumni from 2008. Ella, it is great to have you on the show and thanks for taking time out of your lunch break to talk to me because you're really busy right now, aren't you? (laughs) (laughs)
4: <laughs> Thanks, Helen. Uh, no, I am I am beaming uh, from the other side of, of Silverstone Circuit because yeah, it is uh, a busy old uh, schedule we've got here because we only revolved in uh, Thursday and Friday. So we are busy, 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 but it's really uh, a privilege to, to get to chat to you today.
0: Well, I I'm just going to say to so to our listeners, I'm actually looking at the building across the track um, that you're in because you're over at Silverstone UTC today, right? So uh, you're judging the business plan section of the competition. How's how's that going today? You know how how are the teams coping under the pressure of of you judging? <laughs>
4: Well, hopefully, um, we, are, we are nicer as judges than we um, initially seem um, over here. But no, it's been a really nice energy uh, this morning. Um, everybody's turned up on time. Everybody has made it all the way under the circuit uh, to us over into the UTC. So it's been a really, really great start. Um, and particularly seeing teams that are here uh, for the first time, it's yeah. been really lovely to be met with that kind of enthusiasm for this competition.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and and of course there will be teams that have never been here before, so they'll be quite nervous, I guess, uh, about this whole process that you know they they're taking part in.
4: Absolutely, I can remember um, being a student myself, and you've worked so hard, and you've put so many hours and literal blood, sweat, and tears sometimes into into this competition. So it feels like this is like a date that's been in your dover for so long and when it's finally here that can be quite overwhelming but I think the thing to remember is that it's a learning experience it's not always about the trophy that you win or the number um, of points you score it around it's about the learning that you get from getting it right from getting it wrong from talking to the judges because again we are friendly people it's about the conversations <laughs> that maybe you have with us when we're walking up and down the stairs or in your feedback sessions that that really make Formula Student the special thing that that we all know it is.
0: Yeah and of course you have been a competitor as well so you know that's I guess that's something that you can you can sort of fill them with a bit of confidence but I'm guessing that most people will assume that a race car competition really is all about speed on the track, the design, the manufacture, the build of the car, and all of those kind of technical aspects that we understand as engineers. But the teams, they also have to understand the business side of this, right? Don't they? they there's the the need to understand the, the investment potential and the value of the vehicle that they're building. So can you tell us a little bit about the BPP segment of the competition?
4: sure um i think particularly in the the world and the economy that we currently live in whether you are in pure race team mode or you are in niche engineering or advanced uh, automotive The numbers have got to add up. The the years of endless sponsors giving you blank checks, they're just, that's not the world we live in anymore. Um, So, every single motorsport and automotive organization in the world has to be able to understand how to make a profit and how to survive. And so, the BPP is part of preparing you to do that. Whether you want to become part of a Commercial organisation, or you want to run your own team, or you want to run your own business. Fundamentally, you need to be able to understand that the numbers need to add up to a positive number in the end, because it's <laughs> not you can't pay people, um, and that yeah. is a real um, fundamental life skill that we hope that you take on from all of student into whatever you, you want to do. And even if uh, maybe accounting is not going to be your thing, the power of communication and persuasion is really important in an engineering career. You don't, just talk to other engineers about your little niche of engineering. You have to convince your boss that, you know, we need this extra piece of software. You have to convince a racing driver that maybe they could try a little bit harder. (laughs) Um, So that real kind of power of communicating what you do is, again, something that is built into this competition through BPP um, that we hope people can, again, take something uh, out of it that empowers them for their, their
0: future. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. I mean, the nature of engineering today is we're, we're not in sort of basements, you know, sort of in dark corners doing this technical work. We are actually but, you know, having to face the 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 board of directors, you know, the the business owners, and all of the stakeholders um, in our profession these days, and and preparing these students now in this kind of environment is is a fantastic opportunity for them, isn't it?
4: And I don't see I don't see in other uh, kind of engineering graduates that don't do formal student. I don't see as many opportunities to really try that out in a real life yeah. environment with real judges who come from industry. You know, this is. a really unique opportunity um to get involved in. So I know that some people would much rather spend their whole weekend um, over in the live pits doing dynamics and it's a bit like oh static events are oh, they're just kind of the added extra thing that we reluctantly do. But actually hopefully when you look back when you're as old and grey as I am, <laughs> you look back on your former student years and go, actually that was really, really useful because when I need to go and ask my boss for a pay rise, I understand how to put forward a business case.
0: Yeah. And at the end of the day in this competition all of those points are absolutely vital you've got to put your all into every aspect of it not just the on-track stuff as well absolutely one of the things our listeners also might not be aware of is that you don't actually have to have a car here do you to take part in the the business plan aspect of it can you tell us a little bit how how that sort of part of the competition works
4: Yeah, absolutely. Concept class where you don't have to to physically build and bring a car to Silverstone this weekend, that is judged alongside the rest of the the classes. So there is absolutely no reason. And if anything you've got more opportunity to make a great job of statics and really uh, throw your heart into BPP because you are not uh, physically unloading a van over the other side of the circuit. So absolutely, it is an even playing field over here, And um, depend whatever class uh, you're going on. We also have AI judging. They do judge to a slightly different rule book because it's a very different, um, different beast. But again, it's Everybody's taking part in in the business plan, um, regardless of what kind of outside category you are in.
0: That's awesome. As a past competitor, what aspect of the competition did you enjoy most when when you were here on on track? And and what would you say to any of the students considering taking part in Formula Student in the future? Uh,
4: so I was really lucky. So I was part of a team in 2008 and we did the US competition, the UK competition and the German competition. Right. And wow. <laughs> yeah, we were, we were really lucky. We, we got to spend quite a lot of time in the US and it was a fantastic experience. I was already being paid to, to work in, in motorsport. And to some extent, I think I thought I knew it all, or maybe not all of it. <laughs> I, thought I knew a lot um, yeah. actually doing something, Completely independently, with such minimal support from the university, so much of what I learned was the really practical things, things like how to pack a shipping container, open it at the other end, and discover the cars in four thousand pieces and We basically shouldn't have bothered assembling it before we sent it to another country because <laughs> we had to assemble it again when I then was lucky enough you know to be a full time traveling race team person. Those skills were were really what was vital. Yes, I'd got the FEA. Yes, I understood the dynamics. Yes, I'd done a business plan before. But it was really that kind of resilience and teamwork and picking ourselves up because again, you spend so many sleepless nights with people from all over the world. And I think that is another thing that former student can really prepare you for the real life of motorsport. Motorsport is hugely international. It's hugely multicultural. It's getting increasingly diverse in lots of different respects of of that world. Um, So actually getting to do competitions with you know, people from all over the world was just a really uh, influential thing, and it, it made I, I look back on it so fondly. um But I definitely couldn't stay awake for as many days. <laughs> that and I don't think I've ever liked the taste of Red Bull because I think we drank far too much of it back in the day. <laughs>
0: Well, you know, it's it's nice when you're at that age uh, to be running on adrenaline for an entire week at a time. But uh, yeah, it's I guess it's nice now that you can you can sit and enjoy that experience and draw on your experiences from being here at Silverstone and share that with with the students as well.
4: Absolutely, and like I'm you know 15 nearly 20 years out from from my first former student experiences and the people that I've met during former student from my team and from other teams and sponsors are the people that pop up across my career I've hired people from my former student thing I've you know they've hired me we've worked together on consultancy projects you know it's, it's actually a very small world once you get into into motorsport. so it's really nice to kind of see a familiar friendly face and you've kind of got this shared experience that you all went through so um when it seems really <laughs> rubbish and dark and cold over the next couple of days because every team will have that moment and, you know remember you will look back on this um fondly when you when you're older
0: ella thank you so much for sharing your personal experience of this and and also you know giving us an understanding of the the business plan presentation part of of the uh, of the competition it's been a pleasure to have you on the show thank you very much Thanks for having me, Helen. I, I ought to say actually, I don't do this alone here. And I I I always embarrass the team when when I start <laughs> talking about them. Um, but I have a wonderful team from the amiki who support me to do these podcasts. And I've, um, I've got my wonderful, wonderful engineering sidekick, uh, Saeed Ansar, who is pressing lots of buttons and, and making this whole thing work. And uh, I know he, he's not able, because he's, he's not got a microphone. I so do, I've got this
5: one here. I can uh, say hello. Okay. <laughs> there
0: you go. Hello. So, so um, for those of you who wonder how we managed to get out such a wonderful podcast, it really is down to Saeed. Thank you so much. <laughs> and over to my right, I have um, one of my awesome, awesome support team. Carly Nettleford, who is uh, one of the IMa Keys uh, policy managers, and I tend to work very closely with with Carly. Uh, she acts as our producer uh, on a lot of occasions and uh, gets us our guests uh, and uh, sorts us out with with all of those things. And popping out of the room right now uh, is Bella. Bella um, joined the army key not that long ago now, actually, um, but she uh, is amazing at all the audio visual stuff uh, and she helps. So you'll be able to see some of the videos that um, we'll be recording because I'm surrounded by cameras uh, as well as microphones and, and loads of equipment. So I've got some of my wonderful, wonderful guests who I haven't seen for quite some time. Um but it is really nice for them to join me. Naomi Rolfe, hi. Hello. <laughs> hi. I'm right behind her, Andrew Deakin. Andrew, I, I appreciate you taking the time out today because you guys must be absolutely rushed off your feet right now.
6: Absolutely. I don't think I've uh, sat down for longer than five minutes today.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, thank you for, for coming on so early. We do appreciate it. Naomi Rolfe is Senior Projects Executive for competitions for the IMAQ and Andrew Deacon is Chairman of Formula Student. So welcome to both of you. Uh, It's great to have you in the studio. 25 years. Congratulations. You must be both extremely pleased uh, to be celebrating this, this incredible milestone for the competition, particularly you, Andrew. Obviously, I mean, you've been involved right from the inception uh, of this. How does it feel to be here 25 years on? Um, yeah,
5: it makes me really proud to be uh, part of this, which has been a great experience over the years. It's now half my life I've been doing Formula Student, and um, to see it develop from where it started, Myra, in 1998 with three UK teams and a couple of American teams coming across to so what we've got today, 130 teams yeah. um, annually, um, it's, it's really good, really good to see it happen and uh, see what the students get out of it and uh, builds them for their uh, careers for for the future and, and all that sort of stuff, which yeah. is just
0: is good. Yeah, I, I mean, I've, I've- been down the pits already and I have just spoken to to Giles Hartill who's um president of the Armiki uh, you know and said to him that the buzz down there is amazing from when I last came which was just after covid you know there was still that tentativeness about you know being here now it's just full on isn't it out there i mean it's it's absolutely packed with with teams and with sponsors and and everyone um it must be really nice to to know that in this 25th anniversary year that you've been able to bring it back to its its uh, glory from before COVID.
5: Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's good to see everyone back on site and everyone without the, the rules imposed uh, for, s- for social distancing and all that sort of stuff. Uh, the team's working together really closely and the collaboration um, and hopefully get much more of that as this year goes on with the teams working together to improve their cars and Overcome all the issues they see when they cars break down inevitably and all that sort of stuff, and yeah. they have to fix them and get back out on track and um, succeed.
0: Yeah, well, I, w- I have been down and had a quick chat with uh, a couple of teams, uh, the guys from Oxford Brooks as well. They were so excited because they've managed to get through uh, a big portion of their testing this morning in three hours, um, which they'd never been able to achieve before, which, uh, you know, they were so excited. So I'm looking forward to seeing how Oxford Brooks do as well as obviously all the other teams. I'm not biased. Well, I try not to be anyway. Obviously my old university is here. So <laughs> now Naomi, um, 130 teams from, from all over the world. Um, it's it's a huge logistical challenge really isn't it to coordinate all of that what makes formula student so special for these young engineers and and how do you coordinate something on that scale
6: <laughs> yeah it, it absolutely is a, a logistical challenge uh some days i'm counting wristbands and the other days i'm trying to sort out fire extinguishers for the various <laughs> garages so very different levels of uh, of work uh, of work there but no i mean it's I think it's so special for the students because they are taking that theory that they're learning in the classroom, that they're learning at their universities and they're putting it into practice. And they're um, really taking all those skills and, you know, taking it out on track. And I think that's a that's a big part. I'm, I'm actually a languages graduate and I always kind of equate it to your year abroad. Right. Because you, you sit in the classroom, you learn all the grammar, the vocabulary, but until you get to, you know, your destination country, you don't necessarily get that opportunity to really use it in real life. Yes. And so to me, formula student is that opportunity to use all those skills, but you know, they are designing a single seat race car prototype. It is their opportunity to kind of take those skills and, and, and make something real tangible yeah. <laughs> and then get the opportunity to you know do do what they'd be doing if they were working for a, a formula one team yeah yeah I mean the,
0: the that whole experience like you, you rightly said you know it's very easy for us to sit in classrooms and and to learn the theory and and the, the science behind it but it's not until you put all of that into practice that that it really comes home to you Just how challenging it is you know i'm not going to say difficult because that's that's the wrong word for engineers we we thrive on difficulty but it's the challenge isn't it that overcoming um all of those problems and suddenly you're putting it into practice for the first time i i guess you you must see quite a lot of the students get quite overwhelmed by by being here you know that really emotional opportunity for them
6: uh, absolutely. We have a, an all team photo that, that takes place on the track, on the start line. Yeah. And just seeing them, they get so excited to be on that, to be on that start line, to be on the Silverstone track. Yeah. And I think that's a big part of the event as well, is being here. Being at the centre of of racing in the UK is is also is also a big part of their excitement. So, yeah, 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 totally.
0: Now, for the first time in the history of the competition, two thousand three, we'll see more entrants for the electric vehicles than any other engine type. Is that that's right? That yeah? is correct. Yeah. So, I mean, this is really reflecting some of the 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 global impact of electric vehicles in the automotive industry. Do, do you think that this growth in the um, in the former student sort of EV entries is reflecting the drive of young engineers to develop more sustainable cred- credentials in their own working environment, but also, you know, uh, for the future of automotive industry?
6: I, I would say so, yes. I would say that the students want to build what they want to see on the roads. Yeah. And they also want to build what they potentially their future employers will want them to build there's an element of formula student has to follow not only university curriculum but also where industry is going we don't want to put on event that isn't relevant to where these students are headed they're here to get that experience they're here to speak to our sponsors for example for those graduate opportunities there's that it, there's that follow on from formula student into their future career in motorsport. And so it's so important that, you know, we as a, as a committee and, and as the organizers put on an event that is relevant to their future. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Do you think as well, Andrew, that this this is something that the students are really going to want to focus on as part of their as part of their professional careers as well? You know, that, that this move towards more sustainable engineering um, is is really fundamental to knowledge base.
5: Yeah, absolutely. And the industry is here today as well as sponsoring the competition. Um, and they're here partly because they want engineers in the future and we're training those engineers who don't have to have those skills. To, to make the next generation of electric vehicles, um, to make the next generation of uh, autonomous vehicles. So hopefully they'll get all those skills and early understanding from this competition and then take that into industry. And the, the sponsors on site today are, are here to recruit those, uh, those young engineers who will become the, the leaders of the future.
0: Yeah.
5: Um, and I, I guess one thing, going back to your previous questions, um, some of the engineers here are leading teams of 40 or 50 students. Normally, you're not in until you're in your late 30s or 40s, you might not get you know, expecting to have that sort of responsibility. You get that very early in your career if you do it for students, and then you take that experience forward to understand how to plan projects and, and all those sort of things, which is different to oh, yeah, you're just doing the simulation work day in, day out. It's, it's a different perspective on. Uh, on engineering and all the, the things that go into making engineering projects successful.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The, the um, I think that ex- exposure, as we were talking before, you know, suddenly they're they're trying out something that they they wouldn't get any experience of uh, until later in their career and and to be managing i mean some of the teams are like you know 60 70 people strong aren't they i mean they're they're absolutely huge teams it's amazing there's there's still a lot of interest though in the in the ic side uh, of the competition so what changes are you seeing in terms of IC technology um, to, to improve their competitive edge, for example, and also, again, you know, the sustainability side of things. Is that playing a role in the design process, do you think?
5: Uh, there's some effort that stu- students have to put into map the engines differently for the new fuels we've got on site. So we've got sustainable fuel for the team that want to use that this year, and in the future we'll make that mandatory to use 100% sustainable fuel as part of our um, the green um, and the uh, way run the technologies go in the, in the competition. Um, so that will change a little bit. But I think for me, the, the bit about the IC cars is it's a slightly easier thing to do because you can take an engine from a, a scrapyard, for example, yeah. and that will work. But you can still be a, a team of probably 20, 30 students working together to produce this complete vehicle. Yeah. And even electric vehicles still need the chassis, Engineering doing and the brakes need to be there, and all these other things they're, they're designing, so they can still go that and do that career in, um, in making electric vehicles in the future. Or, uh, I mean, one of our judges he works at a nuclear power plant and they, he said that 60% of the engineers, to me, that's right, 60% they take on as graduates come from a former Oh, really? So, so, so that. That they appreciate the skills that the, the engineers get here, which are transferable to all sorts of different industries. Yeah, which is a really really great thing about about what the project gives it, the students.
0: Yeah, I think I think you're right in terms of the, the it's the the opportunity to do to experience it, but to build up the confidence those those. Technical abilities that can be applied in any form of engineering. I mean, I, I started out in in defence and and that you know that sort of thing. When I was seven, I wanted to build power stations. Okay, but um, you know, my career has led me into healthcare. Uh, so it, it's about taking those fundamental engineering skills, isn't it, and applying them to the problem that you're trying to solve. And in this case, it's building a, a race car. But that that can take you anywhere, really.
5: Absolutely, and those skills you left for planning. Obviously, in this case, the, the competition date never moves. So yeah. you've got an absolutely fixed deadline. You've got to work towards that. If you encounter problems along the way, you've got to solve those problems. Otherwise, you don't make it. And It's, it's that sort of resourcefulness and um, challenges that they face along along the way that really makes them become great engineers rather than just good at writing, um, solving equations and all that sort of stuff, which is what every student should be good at
0: yeah well I mean they've they've got to understand, as we were talking to Ella earlier on they've got to understand the fact that they have to produce a business plan right as, as well so they they're not just um doing the actual hands-on engineering but they have to understand at the end of the day they've got stakeholders uh, and they they've got the finances to deal with and and ultimately somebody who's got to hold the purse strings and and say no, you can't have that now. So how are you going to get around it? So th- that's a big part of the competition as well, isn't it, Naomi? The, the, the whole sort of aspect of the business side of it as well.
6: Yes, absolutely. We have our final, which is on the Saturday um, around lunchtime, and they actually present it. It's very much like the apprentice final. Um, <laughs> they stand and, stand and present um, to, our, to our panel of judges. That's just for the few finalists that are left. Um, and then we uh, we announce the winner at the awards ceremony. So there's a bit of a gap; they have to wait a bit to find out if they've if they've won. Yeah. But it's a ama- it's an amazing experience. They get to present. Then they're asked questions afterwards about you know what they've said and what the judges have heard. Um, and I think it's that it's also the fact that even if you don't end up in an engineering career you have that opportunity to, you know, we spoke about project planning. Any any of the skills you learn at Formula Student are useful for any career. Yeah, yeah, And I think that's what is amazing about it as well. And as somebody who's not an engineer, I think it's incredible that they get this opportunity to to, to plan this, um, you know, to plan this project and to, you know, do their own marketing. They get their own sponsors. There's a lot of business side of it as well. There's yeah. a big business side of it yeah, as well. Yeah, no, it's, it's fantastic to see them, you know,
0: stepping up to that kind of challenge. Now, I'm really excited about the FSAI class of vehicles. I've watched the videos online and it's just incredible to see these cars going round, just on their own and and quite terrifying slightly, you know, not seeing a driver sitting in a chair in control of this vehicle. So how has this sort of um, been taken up by the student and and was it introduced back in 2019, right? So, so they've had a couple of years, I guess, a few years to kind of get used to it. Is it is it something the students are getting quite excited about? You know, are they are they really getting into this kind of new branch of the competition? And and how are the the, the challenges that they're facing?
6: How are they reflected in the technical competencies of the competition? I would say that the growth that we have seen this year has been uh, has been incredible, and it really it's really shown us that they are taking it. They are taking it up. Um, we have um, twenty teams on site for um, the FSAI competition this year, which is incredible. So out of those, uh, we have two entry types. The first is the um, dedicated driving task, which is when the students use our... Oh, the word is quite long. It's the automated driving system dedicated vehicle, um, which is our um, purpose-built vehicle that we built. We built two yeah. of them, affectionately called Alice and Bob. And they the teams design the computer system that then drives the car. Um, and so we have 16 teams doing that this year, sharing those two vehicles. Right. And then we have three teams who are doing the automated driving system, which is when they've actually built their own driverless car and really? they design the computer system that drives it okay that's so that's even an even bigger challenge so yeah. i'm guessing
0: some of the <laughs> this this comp, the competitors will be entering first year to drive your own vehicle with their own s- software and then they'll kind of upgrade the following year maybe to build their own vehicle with that. Is is that kind of how you envisage that working, Andrew? That's
5: why we introduced our own, the AdsDB is a short name for it, so they can uh, take that and put the sensors on it and, and drive that vehicle around. And as they progress, they can then add those sensors and the, the knowledge from that to Making the vehicle work as well themselves. So we've right. designed the electric motor, normally the electric vehicle doing this, design the electric motors, the battery, and everything else, as well as the sensors. That's a, a much bigger job to do. So it's a stepping stone in. So I'm hoping next year we'll have 10 teams doing their own vehicle. But those um, seven or eight teams that move on from the ANST TV class without with using our vehicle, there will be another seven or eight universities taking their places with that vehicle so that whole category can continue to grow yeah
0: do you think ken at, at some point it will it will move completely into those classifications and we won't see any more ic over the next 25 years maybe or do you think the ic is still going to be a fundamental part of the competition
5: i can see the ic being a fundamental part of the competition for probably the next 10 years but we'll have to see where we go what legislation does um, i think one of the challenges at the moment is that. Some of the teams, their, their universities will only uh, fund them if they're doing green technology stuff, not the IC stuff. So okay. Whereas I recognise that the, the learning is very similar for both. Yeah. Um, experience, but the the the, the um, impression it gives to outside people is is much better from the EV stuff. So, yeah. so maybe in ten years' time we will move completely away from IC. We'll we'll see how things go. Um, and I guess the, the field of AI as well, that's all, but also very strong. So how does the AI stuff get incorporated into this? Yeah. The, the driver models and things like that so it'll be, it'll be, I'm
0: sure that will have an impact on the competition at some point in yeah, the Yeah, absolutely and and maybe I'll bring this up with Dan actually later on because uh, I did have a, a brief conversation with him we we're going to be speaking to Dan Jones a, a little bit later but it may be eventually remote control of some of these vehicles from, from simulations um, a bit like you do in hospitals with uh, with robotic surgery you know they might be somewhere else in the world and the, the vehicle might be out on the track here Hey, so so <laughs> it could be could be something in the future, right?
5: Yeah, absolutely. Something I we, we, when we first talked about the AI class, we could have virtual obstacle suddenly appearing on the on the track, and the cars sort of negotiate around that. Yeah. Um, so that's a, an idea for the future, but you can only see that on your smart device, which shows you what the tracks, what the what the car sees on track, and. Uh, and make it a bit more random rather than just the the same set of cones each time.
0: So things like that could be introduced into the future to make it even more challenging. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing that. I think that is going to be something that'll be really awesome. Thank you to both of you for taking time out of your day. I really appreciate the time uh, that you've spent with us. And I know I don't want to think there's any chaos happened out there while you've been with us, but uh, I'm sure there'll be a lot of people looking for you. So Naomi and Andrew, thank you very much for joining us today Uh, I am really really pleased to be joined by um, members of UG Racing hi guys (laughs) it's great to have you I'm gonna let you introduce yourselves because I wasn't quite sure who was going to be joining me so uh, we'll start at the back.
3: Yeah. So I'm Lucas. I'm the
7: head of manufacturing and testing at UG Racing for this year. Uh, and I'm Carol Wilson. I'm the head of mechanical systems this year and head engineer for the previous two years.
0: And you are last year's overall competition winners, right? Were you both in the
7: team last year as well?
0: Yes. All right. So there's a bit of pressure on then this year.
7: A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Made a big. St- Big change this year, so,
0: so I, I have to actually say to to our listeners, you, you didn't just win the overall competition, but you were the first Scottish team to win. Is that right? And the only the third UK team to win in the last twenty five years. Yep. Does that kind of do you feel there's a bit of pressure on there for you, or, or uh, is that are you kind of taking that all as a bit of a chill?
3: yeah
7: I take it, it as a
3: bit of a chill I think it's chill at the start yeah at the start of it we were we we're worried obviously you're nervous we made a big change going EV to come into this year but I think now we've done our static events this morning and we're, we're feeling good about um, scrutineering we're working really hard on the car everyone is so yeah we're it's a good sort of environment and we're just looking forward to doing what we can with our first EV entry after last year's success.
0: Yeah yeah if if our listeners are not familiar with uh, FS and they might think um, you know this is just really a competition about you know engineering students tinkering with cars in, in a garage somewhere but I mean there's there's a lot more to it than that isn't there? Um, I've been talking with uh, with Naomi Rolfe uh, just a few minutes ago and how many students have you guys got in your team? Because I mean, this is a huge, a huge number of people taking part. There's not just a handful of you. Is yeah, it? definitely.
7: We've our team's been growing massively over the past few years. Um, when I joined five years ago, there was only 50 of us in the team, and now we're up at about 170, 180. Goodness um, me! But we have we've grown into a driverless team, uh, an EV team. We had both an EV and a combustion last year. And an operations team. So,
0: yeah, because I was gonna, I was gonna ask you about that. You know, last year you had um, an IC team, is that right? And yeah, an, yeah. an AI team. Mm-hmm. Um, but you've decided to stop competing with the IC from from this year on, haven't you? So, so what's made the team make that
7: decision and that move over to um, the other classes? Our plan was always to move over to EV at some point. So since we started EV development during COVID. Um, we had a bit of a year off and sort of reset. We wanted to follow the direction of a lot of the teams in Europe and the competitions in Europe to move EV. Um, and then after we came in 21, we got very close to being on the podium. We had to hang out for one more year um, and then thankfully, And won it Um, and then we thought that was a nice way to end the ICU. I
0: I think going out on a high right I mean it's the 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 best way to do it and then other people have got to kind of live up to your your level (laughs) so that's really cool. So how how has the team kind of taken that learnt experience from from the IC side and and moved over to to uh, the electric vehicle side is is that been quite a challenge, or have the kind of base skills, or kind of been there, and you've been able to settle in quite easy.
3: Yeah, absolutely, a massive challenge. You know, we've got a lot of talented people in the team, engineers to. You know, people from all disciplines but the people actually working on the car themselves um, there's still a lot of the base mechanical designs there and there's a lot of really good people working hard on the car uh, and what we found most tricky was getting um, really talented people to come in and start work on the EV and the EV powertrain and the accumulator and it's such a massive learning curve for pretty much everyone in the team so yeah it would be very very true to say that it's been a big challenge but you know we're here we've got an accumulator we've got a really nice EV powertrain and we're happy with what we've got so far so you know we've got people as we speak working on the accumulator hopefully get it through scrutiny in the next few days so um massive challenge but we're yeah. happy so, with the progress so far.
0: That's really good to hear. So how how's today gone so far because obviously um you know you've been here well I'm, here, I'm guessing you guys have been here all week really I suppose but getting ready to come to the competition. How's today gone so yeah, far? Today's what have you been you doing? Know,
3: we've, we've been working really hard for the past well, past few months but specifically the past 3 or 4 weeks we've been in the garage every day you know all day all night making sure we go can produce the best car we can and it was really really satisfying to come this morning and compete in the cost of manufacturing event and the design event this morning from 9am um Callum and I were both in both of those events back to back and we just came out and had a massive hug we we're so relieved <laughs> that we'd managed to to go through it So like the best as we could and we thought we went, it went really well similar to last year we were really confident um that we'll be able to you know hopefully get high high place and finishes in those event, events again yeah. um, and you know we managed to get a good amount of preparation and despite obviously building the whole car as well so yeah. maybe not as much as we'd like but we there we go we managed to get through it and I'm pretty happy with how it went this morning
0: yeah so what about you did it did it go quite well it sounds like it was quite a stressful yeah. experience
7: yeah I mean we always leave our prep far too late but we managed to get a good bit in <laughs> last night in campsite. And- I mean, the one thing we have is that everyone designing the car knows the car inside out. So yeah. we know when we go into like custom design that we understand everything that's there and all the questions they're going to ask. And um, there's a few ones that stump us, but there always will be. That's, that's the way it goes. But yeah, no, it was good. Yeah. Was
0: a <laughs> so you've both been in the competition before, so you're you're fairly seasoned now. Have are you going to be taking part next year, or is this your last year in in the team?
7: This is my last year in the team. Um, I've. This is my third year, fifth year in the team, um, and then I'm I'm done.
0: Wow. Okay. So you graduate then next year? Is yeah,
7: i uh, just, oh, just graduated. just graduated. Summer, so,
0: right. Okay. Um,
7: off to work, and I'll miss it a lot. It's been good for the past three years, even with the COVID. COVID kind of era and it's a bit quieter. It's really nice to get back on the 25th anniversary and see so many cars. Especially from across Europe as well, coming and competing.
0: Yeah, this is definitely a nice opportunity to um, to see you know people you might have met before in, in previous yeah. years and and sort of catch up with them and things. So you're, you've obviously got another another yeah. year or I've so got again. Few.
3: So I'm uh, going into my fourth year. So I've got another two years hopefully. Right, uh, being okay. back here at Silverstone, so plenty more to plenty more to give to the team and give to the competition. Hopefully,
0: that's excellent. What? what what do you feel you're going to take away from this? From you, for you personally, you know, having spent all of this time um, during your degree doing doing the competition. What What do you feel you're going to take
7: away with you? I think within our degrees, there's never really the full practical application um, of our degree. So it's nice to actually design something from ve- like the very beginning and actually build it and then take it here and compete. From a design point, that's the best thing. And Apart from that, met some great people on the way, helped some good teams. Um, Yeah.
0: Yeah, I guess I guess there's a a lifelong camaraderie as well that you build up with with the people you've got to know over the years because you know there must be good times and bad times as well, and you you know you kind of have to learn to manage that as well, Mm -hmm. don't you? Yeah. Which is really cool. So where do you go next? Are you going to go into motorsport, or are you looking at going into? I'm actually not.
7: I've got a job working off like on offshore energy projects. So. I've always done motorsport as a bit of a hobby, so I'm looking forward to keeping it in. I think the next step is to build another car that's not a formation car, (laughs) (laughs) something a bit faster and go go racing.
0: Well, that sounds like a a real great opportunity for, you know, or maybe come back and, you know, support and sponsor some of the the students that are are taking part this year or or in the next 25 years, I suppose.
7: Yeah, and hopefully come back and, and help out. There's quite a few of our, our former people I was with in the team in the first years that um are now design judges, scrutineers, cost judges yeah yeah.
0: yeah well I think I think, like I think there's definitely a slot there for you most definitely. <laughs> so what are you hoping to achieve this this coming week then? I mean, obviously going from overall competition winners, you've met that target, you've got that goal, that's ticked off you know bucket list done but clearly there are now challenges you need to build up with with the new car where are you hoping to come and and what are you what would be success for you uh this week
3: yeah no it's a a new set of challenges and it comes with a new mindset as well you know it's it's been a definitely a focal point to try and get the whole team into a different mindset of okay maybe we're not going to win this year maybe we're not even going to get on track this year you never know we're aiming for that but you never know it's a the first year we've done this and it's the first year a lot of teams have done this and it's, it's a step into the unknown. So I'd say our overall goal is to pass scrutiny and get on track. Um, you don't know how it's going to go. We've got a lot of talented people working on it. So we're still hopeful um, that that could be the case. And I think uh, for years to come, once we've got all the systems functioning together to you know optimize the car and build up again as we did with the IC for 10 plus years, you know we're, we're basically now back at the start of where we were 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. So when you look at it from, from that perspective, it's, you know, we can all be proud of ourselves no matter what happens the next few days, I think is the thing to take away.
0: Yeah, well, I think hitting the 25th anniversary... As seasoned winners, now you're setting the goal for the next 25 years for, for the next incoming University of Glasgow students uh, to, to really set the, you know, you've set the bar for them. So if you were, if you were had an opportunity to encourage like the new incoming students at the university to come and take part, what what would you, what would you say is the 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 most enjoyable part of this and what would you
7: encourage them, why would you encourage them to get involved? Yeah, there's a few things. I mean us as a team we have, we have a strong concept team we tend to every new member that joins our team for instance goes into concept class um, and they get the opportunity to do design and cost and come here and experience being their own team so even people we've got people in first and second year of uni that are leading team the team of kind of there's about 10 of them here but there's a team of like 30 of them Um so having that experience to come and lead a team here, especially coming to and seeing the cars, seeing what you're getting yourself into um, when you then move into the full FS class is a great opportunity. And then at uni, getting into the garage and actually designing something and making it, seeing it in your hand and actually making it work.
0: Yeah, there's there's nothing better than just how you know getting a piece of equipment in your hands and actually having a real yeah. play with it is that it it shows you a completely different place than than being in the classroom and um uh, i yeah i i miss that opportunity i uh i enjoy you know getting my hands dirty too so i'm quite envious when i walk down the pit lane seeing you guys all under the cars <laughs> it's great but um callum lucas thank you so much but taking the time out of your day, I am going to keep my fingers crossed for you. I hope you do really well. Um, I hope that, um, you know, the the next few days are really successful for you. I look forward to seeing the, the new car out on the track. And, uh, you know, good luck for the future as well, guys. Thank you very much. Thank you, Thank Thank you very much for having us. Yeah, that's great. Thank good. you. Thank you. Bye-bye. I'm really pleased uh, to have Dan Jones, who is the FS Chief Judge, uh, joining me now uh, remotely from uh, down the road at Williams today for Formula Simulation Racing. Um, Dan, uh, it's really good to have you uh, on the show. Um, How are things going down at Williams? Yeah, very good. So... uh...
8: We recently announced our, our partnership with Williams Esports for our Simrace series. Um, it started from running from my bedroom three years ago, four years ago. <laughs> to, uh, to, I never imagined, well, I dreamed, but never imagined that we get to running the event in such world-class facilities in such a short, short period of time. So this is, we're, setting I, up, we're setting up getting ready for the students to arrive tomorrow. Um, all the media stuff set up for the for the stream, and we're uh, once we have finished on the on the podcast here, we'll be having a, a bit of a, a test race, and then we're buttoned up, ready to go tomorrow.
0: That's fantastic. I, I, I know how passionate you are uh, about the the sim racing competition and tell us a little bit about it because it's the newest addition to the Formula Student com- competition offering, isn't it? So what, what's the history behind it? You've You've intimated a little bit there about where it kind of got its roots, but tell us a little bit about the competition.
8: So March 2020, when all of us had Difficult times, difficult decisions to make. We, as the former Student Organising Committee, we could have cancelled the the live event planned for the summer completely. But, um, yeah, I knew that the organising committee, we we wouldn't just do that. We, uh, yeah, we came up with the best we could, which was a fully virtual event. Um, We did... The normal static events uh, over teams, so teams could still get to practice, do their actual design, cost and business judging that they'd they'd been preparing for. Um, But then the dynamic events, we replaced those with a combination of lap time simulation, um, which was a a computer exercise and then a paper submission. Um, And then we did two days of sim racing, which basically I spent... The first month and a half, two months of, uh, of lockdown for me was getting ready for that uh, competition from from scratch. So it was hosted racing on a uh, on a server, and all the teams logging in from the server from from their homes, all around the UK and around the world that joined us. And that's um, for 2020, you know, that was our uh, our dynamic events. Um, we had a day of, of heats, which people start in different different positions on on the grid, different. Cars that were racing, um, and then on the on the Sunday we had finals, so a bit like radio controlled car racing or karting, where you have a, a, a D final, a C final, a B final before the before the grand finale. It was a lot of work to get it ready, and uh, you know, <laughs> we, had, we had we had a test race uh, you know, a week before, and that didn't go well at all. But that's why you test. We uh, we solved all the issues, and um, yeah, it went fantastically well. And afterwards, we reflected on it and said. We've got we've got something too good here to not not do anything, not to just park it. So
5: yeah,
8: um, we started. Uh, well, the next year we had a hybrid event. It was half live, half half remote, and we offered sim racing again for the teams who couldn't attend live. And then from uh, well, 2022 was the first year of the sim race series, which starts in October, um, and we host a, a monthly race uh, for the teams. All leading up to a live final. Last year we hosted right. the final final at Silverstone, and now we now we have this new partnership with Williams Esports. We're in the fortunate position we can use their, yeah, uh, you know, their world class facilities, which everyone's going to get to see on the on the YouTube stream tomorrow. And it's um, yeah, it's a it's a it's a fantastic facility.
0: Yeah, I was I was talking earlier to uh, Naomi and and Andrew and talking about the. Um, Watching the video, actually, that because you do it all on uh, Twitch, don't you? And 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 through that service.
8: Uh, so we use Discord for communicating with the teams. All of our documentation and pre-event communications done on Discord, and then we we stream on YouTube. But yeah, it could be on Twitch, could be on YouTube, or yeah, uh, yeah, Sim- similar platforms um, like that. And the, the teams for the for the monthly races before we do the live final. Um, then it's similar to how we ran it in 2020, that it's a remote server. We host a, a camera car from there for the stream, for the, for the broadcast and for the commentary. But all the teams are remoting in from either their, their homes or some of them have sim rigs in their university facilities. Um, yeah, and they're, they're racing r- racing from there. And it's, yeah, you know, the graphics are good. You know, you can tell that it's not real, but it's close. And yeah, the racing has been well, it's fantastic last year and it's been fantastic again this year.
0: Well, I, I mean, I'm I'm just an, an old person who hasn't no skill when it comes to uh, playing racing games or or anything like that. <laughs> um, but to see the the young engineers you know, taking part in this competition who've grown up with these kind of games and, and things in their in their social lives to be able to then be taking part in a competition. You know, they, they must get a real buzz out of that. And especially being able to take part from all over the world. I think that's, that's an amazing opportunity. What do you think um, taking part in the, the sim racing brings to the students' understanding of the motorsport industry? And why... Is virtual racing so useful to motorsport companies themselves? So uh,
8: there are many, many esports competitions out there uh, already, um, and there are people who race in esports now for a living. There's not many, but there are people who make a make a, a comfortable living from doing it. Um, Williams themselves are a prime example of where they've recognized that they can use their esports team to train young engineers in how to do race engineering of reviewing data, developing setups and everything else. And that's why there was just the obvious synergy for the partnership that we've that we formed with them because for our series there is the racing and it's the fun element and they get to drive and compete against each other. But with it being Formula Student, we always wanted to make sure there was still the engineering education aspect to it. And so mm. this year, as well as the the monthly races, we've been setting what we call engineering side challenges. And so there's a for each side challenge, there was a, a brief of take this car, drive it at this track, and they had to work through either doing aerodynamic mapping or looking at the influence of the dampers. And you know, F1 teams themselves all have simulators um, they'll use them over a race weekend well ahead of the race weekend to develop setups and then over the race weekend to try and refine the setup because there's so little on track time now now at racing yeah. And it's, so yeah it's and yeah, all the tools that are used, it might not be the exact tool that's used, uh, used in the individual F1 teams but it is uh, the software spits out the same data so the speed of the car the position of the dampers the tire temperatures the tire pressures everything that you get to see from a from a data trace uh, if you're at a real circuit you get from the software and so it's the same as formula student itself it's a chance for the the students who who are getting involved to to hone and uh, practice those skills that will then make them uh, yeah more more employable to your yeah, prospective employers
0: yeah totally. I mean the the data that must be collected from from that kind of process, I mean that's something that uh, not just motorsport industries, but many engineering industries now are wanting to understand how they can interpret data and use data to to make simulations and predict performance. Do the students get access? To kind of that background data, or is that not really part of the the arrangement right now? But is it something that perhaps in the future they'd be able to um, to use and and explore as well as part of the competition?
8: Oh, absolutely! Yes, that's what. So, within the side challenges, the they get the brief of go and perform this activity on the track, develop the setup. But then there's a a one-page A4 paper submission, and that's where they're using the telemetry from running the car, and they have to, in one page, with the use of graphs taken from the data logger, explain what they did, why they did it, what the outcome was and, uh, you know, what was surprising or, you know, what, what would they do differently if they did it again? And so, yeah, you know, it exactly replicates what they would be doing either if it was race engineering on a car or, as you say, there's, there's, in the broad spectrum of engineering, there are now so many products or rigs or facilities out there, they're smothered in sensors. Um, yeah. And the challenge in the data is you've got so much, is one, what are you looking for in the first place? And then, when you're again looking at the right stuff, what does it actually mean? What do you need to do to interpret it and learn something to make a change to uh, fix a reliability problem or improve how the car drives, for example?
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely It, it's, it sounds a, a fantastic opportunity to to take real world scenarios um, um, but in a in a kind of fun way, really. <laughs>
8: Uh, and, and again, it's uh, the the analogue to Formula Student is there. Um, you know, the hook for Formula Student is designing a building, a racing car. But along that journey, there's all of the all of the educational aspects, the the putting your engineering skills into practice, but then all of the soft skills as well. Um, yeah. And it's the same. So it's teaching them how to collaborate. So most of the teams, they'll have a roster of drivers, but they also have people who are helping them uh, on the race engineering side to develop setups. And so, yeah, there's just yeah, countless examples where it is uh, yeah putting those skills into practice.
0: That's amazing. Now, we, we couldn't really talk about the sim racing without, as you've already mentioned, the partnership with Williams Esports. What value does this kind of partnering bring to the competition as a whole, but also to to partners such as Williams? What what do they benefit from this?
8: So their their uh, interest in partnering with us at Formula Student is uh, well, first and fo- first and foremost, they're just interested in promoting the Williams brand, getting it out to uh, to more people. Williams used to run a competition for young engineer of the year, and last year they've changed it. Um, and it now has a large virtual element. And so um, it was another uh, obvious synergy of where you know, they get the chance to get more people who are in the esports environment doing the yeah, using the software, supporting the race engineering. And so we're hopefully going to try and um, in next year's series make a, a prize where for people who stand out that they get a guaranteed interview for for a, a placement or something like that working with Williams on, the, uh, on their esports team. And for us, it started in 2020 of you know, running out of our, our, our bedrooms or our offices from, from what we all did at home virtually. And then we've just built upon that. But it is still, it's a dedicated team of, uh, team of volunteers in a minimal budget uh, that we spend from the, um, the RMAC-E side. And we never could have put in place the facilities that we've now got access to with a partnership with Williams. The level of investment required on the side from the RME would be would, would would be too large. And so hosting the live final this year is just kind of the the, the first stepping stone. Next year for the 2024 Sim Race Series They have a dedicated broadcast facility here. And so rather than us doing the broadcast and commentating from home over the top of it, there's a studio where we'll be able to do the broadcast from. It's just the level of professionalism is going to take a a step up. And then they have full-time employees who uh, they're already supporting on the the engineering side challenges. um, But we'll be able to grow those in kind of the the depth and and complexity of those with uh, having that additional manpower to... um, or, or person power I should say to uh, <laughs> uh, to, to uh, uh, support the activity it,
0: it sounds incredible the work that you've done Dan, to to get this off and 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 i I can hear the passion in your voice for this competition obviously we're going to see more of sim racing and you've just alluded to some of that in terms of what's going to happen next year and being able to broadcast this uh more more widely w- what are your aspirations for this series? Looking ahead to the next twenty five years a Formula Student.
8: So, I just want to see it grow and grow, and that fits in with um, Stephen English's. So he's the director of Williams Esport. His vision as well. So um, they're passionate about trying to get a sim rig in every school and getting people to uh, you know, young kids engaged with with sim racing as a hook for you know staying in getting engaged with motorsport um, from the start. And for other SimRace series, uh, we open it up to all FS teams from around the world. It's not just those registered for, for Formula Student in the UK at the, the the competition in July. And it's also open to FS alumni. So if people who have finished Formula Student itself that graduated out out in industry, but they still want to stay engaged with the community, then they, they're they welcome to enter a uh, enter a team into the SimRace series. I think we had nearly 40 teams register for the start of the series uh, wow. this year. Um, that whittled down to probably high 20s, low 30s who are regularly competing month on month. And that was probably double what we had last year. And so, yeah, if we have I don't know 60, 70, 80 teams who who sign up for the for the series in, in 2024, and then yeah, it could just grow massively from there. And then it might turn out that we do more than one live, live event here at um, here at Williams per year. And my my ultimate dream, but I'm not sure how we get there. But um, uh, now we've now we've ticked off this one that I wasn't sure where <laughs> we were going to get to, is to be able to recreate the Formula Student Formula Student event itself uh, virtually. So, wow. Um, we'd like to. The challenge with uh, recreating a Formula Student car digitally is it's quite easy for people to to cheat or to bend the rules because you know it, yeah. ultimately it's code that's representing the car. <laughs> And in those many lines of code, you could change that the downforce has got a multiplier on it or the it has got a multiplier on it. Well, I'm not saying that uh, students would be dishonest, but you know, it's a different <laughs> environment uh, when all you've got to do is change a few ones and zeros. So yeah. we need to try and work out how we can get a, a platform that, is, uh, that allows teams to develop the car but within some constraints, and where you don't just put the most powerful engine, the highest downforce, and everything to go to go quick, but trying to trying to develop and put even more of the of the engineering aspects to uh, into it is kind of a. a is the dream of where I'd like it to, to end up
0: that sounds an amazing not only a big challenge for you but an amazing dream and uh, i hope that comes to fruition dan uh because this sounds like it's it's got so many opportunities uh for for students to take part and i love the idea of alums coming back and maybe taking part maybe you should challenge some of the judges to put a team together that that Sounds to me like, you know, um, an all-star kind of team that that could be uh, the competitive uh, sort of standard to aim for. And honestly, some, so
8: that there's some of the drivers in the teams uh, already. So I, I'm an average sim racer myself. Monty, who's the event captain, uh, he is as well. And uh, yeah, Monty's very good. Um, I'm almost as good as Monty, but not, not quite. He'll, you know, he'll definitely beat me. But the um yeah so there's a few guys from last year and then similarly this year and they are yeah nearly world-class level uh, uh drivers already of what we're seeing but the um 2020 we did some fun races where we had all the judges remoting in and doing that as well and that was uh, a <laughs> it was entertaining but carnage at the same time
0: I I can imagine the carnage and uh, I, I think next time that needs to be filmed so we can all watch it Dan thank you ever so much for joining me today I know you've got a lot of preparation to do ready for the competition tomorrow uh, it's been Great to talk to you. Thanks for coming on the show. You're very welcome. Thanks for the opportunity. I've just been joined now by some um, more of my guests. I'm very pleased to have uh, one of the longest serving FS partners with us here today in the studio, um, Sam Reinsel. Sam, it's great for you to to join us on the show. Um, Your education technical lead for student competitions. Is that right? That's yeah. your full title. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know Helen's hiding around the corner, but she's the global marketing specialist and you're both from MathWorks. So welcome both of you, Thank you. Uh, to the podcast. FS is obviously uh, an important aspect of mathworks, educational uh, engagements. So what, what makes your company want to be part of something like FS and, and engage in this kind of educational side of, of the competition?
9: Yeah, so education has been uh, kind of a huge part of MathWorks since the the very first version of uh, MATLAB was made. Um, it was called the uh, Matrix Laboratory um, when it was created by uh, Cleave, um who's the the founder of MathWorks, and he he originally made it to help teach linear algebra and and matrix math back when all of the programming was done in Fortran, which yeah. uh, was a <laughs> Uh, not an easy language, nope. <laughs> um, but um, so he he wrote it basically to help teach. Um, and so even uh, as we you know work with uh, a lot of commercial customers, um, we know it's it's really important to uh, kind of show how the software can be used, not just for like normal normal coursework, um, but uh, you know ed- education programs like uh, like formula um, and other student competitions that we support um, are really a chance to. Um, use that in a way that you don't get to in a classroom. So we know it's really important for the students to um, not just solve problems like, like formula student that are really complicated, but use tools that are used in industry for the same purposes.
0: Yeah, I mean I I remember back in the day and I'm going back a long time now. I remember using, you know, mathworks and and blew my mind that we could do all this stuff on computers. It's a, it was a very long time ago, right? But yeah, I mean the the that technology has obviously moved on uh, in leaps and bounds and the, the the some of the the things that you're able to do now are, are just beyond the the very basic I, I remember using fortran i did my entire <laughs> phd actually in fortran uh so um yeah that kind of side of things is obviously you know far exceeded those those early days of of the software development so, Sam, as a as a mechanical engineer yourself you kind of Really understand the the mathematical modelling and and the real vital role that this plays in in designing not just of high performance vehicles but obviously you know formerly student vehicles as well. So how does the MathsWorks software help students in the competition and 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 going beyond that into their kind of work environment? What do they kind of get from it having used it here in the competition?
9: Yeah, so on, on the one hand, just even having used MATLAB and Simulink to solve uh, complicated problems, the the same way that uh, you know a lot of uh, engineering companies do, is already like a huge leg up over somebody who, you know, just took courses and didn't participate in a project like this. Um, but like across the industry, whether it's it's automotive or uh, aerospace, uh, medical devices, stuff like that you know, we rely on models a lot to justify design decisions because you can't wait until you have a physical prototype. Um, it's You really need to be able to say, this is a good design, this is maybe not as good of a design or a bad one, um, based on, on you know, engineering first principles and, and really going back and taking a, a modeling approach. Um, so, like, when I was a, a student, we... Um, We had a course where we did some system dynamics stuff. You know, we learned how to break down uh, the system into equations, what assumptions we were making, stuff like that, um, and working out how the system would respond. But they were were always really small, simplified examples that we could control everything for, and we didn't have to worry about, you know, the real world. It was was ideal conditions. Um, So, you know, having to actually try and build a a more sophisticated uh, model and, and... Processing like piles of data that you get from your data logger or something like that, Um, or doing a test in a lab, right? Like you have a component on a on a bench and you're uh, running tests to understand its behavior. Um, Doing that sort of stuff is much more what you end up doing once you're in industry, and and you need a broader understanding of not just how the one thing you're trying to model works, but how your entire system as a whole uh, is going to work. So the the goal with MATLAB and Simulink is really to make building models like that um, easy and to let you iterate rapidly because it's not yeah. just enough to build a model. You have to, every model you have to check that it actually is valid and it, it matches your real system. Um, and so being able to build a model, check it against real data or car, data you have from the car and see, oh, the performance is a little different. Let me tweak some stuff. Build a, build a slightly different model. Um, that sort of stuff. You know, what assumptions are okay to make? What impact would it have? That sort of stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean the, the opportunity to be able to refine mm-hmm. I think is is the key here, isn't it? Back in the day, you know, you had to build your prototype and yeah. test it. You you didn't have those kind of tools. Now the students are are able to to spend most of that time doing those bench tests if you like that that modeling side of things before they even build a car or a piece of a car um so i i guess there's an opportunity for the students to um to really understand the the data the 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 numerical part of what goes into you know the car itself and actually see it on the screen before they even get to that point and and that's a great opportunity for the students so do do many of the teams use this kind of software in in um, the preparation for coming here and and are you involved in in helping them kind of understand how to use the tools
9: yeah, so so my entire team um, that works on student competitions, you know, we're here as a, a resource to the students as well as trying to help figure out what what content should we make, like training content, stuff like that. Um, but a, a lot of teams that we've spoken to um, here and at the I was at the Italy event last week as well. So at, at all these events, um, is um, you know the the teams that have been here. A while, maybe not so much the, the newer teams, because they're trying to get to grips with how do you build a successful car and a, a successful team? Um, but when you're you're working on your third design or your fourth design that your your university has done, um, understanding how to take data that you've collected before and build a model to help you make build a better car this time, right? Um, so... Uh, Like, I remember I I was speaking to a team, I forget which university it was, unfortunately, but um, last year there was a a team uh, that had uh, like battery overheating issues. And so they they weren't really able to complete endurance um, because uh, they just hadn't accounted for the fact that it was going to be a lot hotter. Uh, outside last year. (laughs) Um, And so one of the things they took away from that was that they were going to build a thermal model for their battery and try to understand, well, we're building a a new car, we're building a new battery pack. We have to make sure that if this happens again next year, that we've taken into account that we can't assume it's going to be, you know, 20 degrees and, you know, nice and sunny, that it might be really hot uh, and that we might not be able to cool the battery effectively if we don't design it right.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and I guess there's great opportunities, I think, there for the students to to do more than just look at the model of the car itself. Mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of people who probably are listening to the show or, you know, assume that when you're talking about modelling, that you're modelling the whole car. And and this is not the case, as you've just highlighted there, the, the component level modelling yeah. is just as important, isn't it, to, to overcome sustainability issues, climate change, all of these things things Which the students uh, need to understand their wider environment, not just the vehicle that they're designing, and, and that can be quite an eye opener, I think, to a lot of students. Yeah, definitely. And,
9: and I was just—I was actually talking to uh, Oxford Brooks um, uh, a little bit ago, uh, and they so they do the whole uh, code generation workflow. So they test all of their software in Simulink um where they they've written it in simulating blocks they can run their the software they're writing that's going to actually control their car against a model of the vehicle um and do like edge cases or things that would be uh, unsafe to test yeah. <laughs> with a, with a real system um but they can test all of that in simulation really rapidly and so when they have they need to make a change to their code or something they can Make a change, run it in simulation, and then automatically generate a C code that gets deployed to their controller. So all of their like controls engineers, their mechanical engineers don't have to know how to write C code directly um, because the same uh, you know system that they use in in simulating to model their their um, vehicle, they also use to actually write the software of yeah, the controller.
0: that's amazing. Now. Th- we were talking earlier with some some of our other guests uh, about the, the AI mm-hmm. the, and the autonomous vehicles. What role will modeling and simulation play in the future, um, not just here at Formula Student, but, but in the future of um, the motorsport industry itself, particularly around sort of the AI aspect of it?
9: Yeah, so pretty much every motorsport team now already has like simulations that they run, right? Uh, but a big part of it is, um, so that their drivers can, you know, run a, a simulation lap um, to try and test setups, right? Um, but I think a big thing, um, especially in motorsport, is is that if you can, rather than have your driver sit down and do 20 laps with 20 different setups to try and understand, you know, next weekend what the, the right setup for the car is going to be, um, if you... Uh, could like train an AI model that's that's is very specifically trained after your driver's driving characteristics, right? Yeah. How how they turn into a corner, how they let off the brake as they come through the apex and stuff like that. So it's not like a you know a general model or a, a mathematical model or a really simple PID or something. It's actually trained on how your driver um, uh, drives your car, and then you can test a bunch of setups using that. Um, or you might be building a new model for your system and you might use AI to actually, um, or, or classic machine learning stuff too, to kind of fit the model to real data that you're seeing. So you don't have, you're not working out the equation yourself. You're sort of letting a, a, a trained model loose on trying to fit these parameters, right? Um, yeah. That, that sort of stuff I think is going to become a, a much bigger deal. Um, and it's going to be used a lot more as, as um it's it's easier and easier to like build a your a one off model, right? So yeah. you you don't have to be on the cutting edge of um, machine learning to to build something. Um, and and we have a lot of tools for machine learning in MATLAB and Simulink that you can use with models. But I think in motorsport, that's where it's probably going to like start to really uh, be used with uh, with autonomous. A big part of it is um, you can't possibly cover every edge case in a real-world test. So with autonomous vehicles, whether it's a race car or a road car, it's it's all about, like, you can do a million miles of, of testing purely in simulation um, without having to ever... You know, get a car on the road with all your software set up.
0: Yeah, no, it it seems really exciting and slightly frightening <laughs> um, that we could see um, AI actually doing the simulation to create simulation. I, I just, yeah, that kind of blows my mind. I'm I'm an old old, old school, you know, tools in hand kind of girl. So, um, yeah, a <laughs> bit nervous about that, but it sounds. Incredibly exciting. Sam, thank you for talking through what is a, a really fascinating part of this whole process of developing um, not just Formula Student cars, but but the wider aspect of, of motorsport. Um, it's been a great pleasure to talk to you. Thank yeah, you for thank joining you. us.
9: Thank you for having me.
0: That's great. Thank you. I am very pleased to be joined in the studio now by Christine Dix. Thank you so much for joining me, Christian. You are not only a Formula Student alum... From Cardiff Racing, yes. I believe, 2017 to 2020. Um, but you're also a satellite communications systems engineer for Babcock International, and Babcock International are one of the uh, competitions, but or the competition sponsor, I believe, yes. uh, for Formula Student uh, AI. It's great to have you on the show.
10: It's great to be here. Thank you.
0: Yeah, um, we, we were talking in the paddock, weren't we, earlier yes. about because you've got a great big display go on tell us tell us what you've got on your stand down in the paddock
10: yes so um we've got quite a lot there uh obviously trying to fit with the theme of ai so we have got a few drones a few rovs uh and we've also got some like vr headsets as well and i think the main theme we're trying to get across is you know this is the kind of exciting things that we're doing we want to try and encourage the students come over have a look have a conversation and hopefully if they're interested in it, just show them what Babcock can offer them as a career.
0: Yeah, I, I have to say the drone that you've got down there is about the size of a dining table. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's absolutely huge. What sort of things are you using that for? Or is it, is it just really for demonstration?
10: Uh, so that in particular, um, uh, it is mainly for like site surveys. So it will take a lot of pictures. Uh, and one of the examples that we have on the stand is of one of our offices, So it'll be about 10,000 images and then it will stitch it together and then produce a 3D model. So you can see that on the stand if you want to go have a look later today. It's really impressive. It's really high resolution. So you can kind of zoom in on certain areas and yeah, it's really good for surveying. Along with that, we also have drones that can go into confined spaces as well. So we have smaller drones. So it's that part of the business is looking more at yeah surveys and It's really, really impressive stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, I was all for kind of just, you know, swiping that. If it hadn't been so big, I would have kind of, you know, seen if I could wander off with it. (laughs) I'm sure you would have chased after me. Christian, just going back a little ways to to your experiences of, of being at Formula Student, what? memories do you have of of taking part it's not that long ago really no, is it, it? really <laughs> but you know have you had a chance to go and pot and see Cardiff as well and kind of give them a cheer on
10: yeah absolutely so um yeah very fond memories a former student so uh I actually was studying history at Cardiff and then went into engineering wow so a former student really opened the doors to kind of you know what the events can be like what I could be part of what I can be creating and and then seeing it around Silverstone is obviously an incredible experience I've seen the Cardiff team, their car looks really, really good this year. So I'm looking forward to seeing it on the track on the weekend, giving them my, my personal cheer, but also to the other teams as well. A lot of their cars are really impressive and it's really cool to see a lot of the international students coming back as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, several people have said that today, actually. Yeah. It's just great to see so many of the uh, of the international teams here uh, and having them competing again. We, we've we really missed them yes. um, at the competition. They bring so much uh, to this event. And and I know, g- going back to what you were saying, we, we were out uh, in the paddock earlier and it's so difficult to not go to your university <laughs> yes. and kind of go and give them, do a do-little cheerleading kind of dance in front of them. But, you know, we have to be... Uh, as as neutral as possible, and and wish everybody the best of luck. But um, I'm giving a shout out to Loughborough. Now. <laughs> I'm your um, Cardiff. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And and I'll, I'll whisper for uh, University of Leicester because because in the corner there as well. So it's good. Now I I know Babcock. Pretty well. We, we had a, a chat earlier this week, didn't we? And because I used to work for them back in my day, um, my very early career, and I know that they've got a long history, obviously, of, of heavy engineering. That's you know, and that's certainly the defence side where where I was based, particularly ships and submarines. So, why has the company got interested in artificial intelligence and, and autonomous vehicles, particularly, and, and what's kind of brought them to to sponsor this event
10: yeah so ai and, and autonomous systems is a really big growing part of our business so what we are looking for is the kind of what students are doing um how ex- yeah how excited they are to be here and um yeah so it's a key part of our technological approach uh we cover four areas in babcock uh, so it's aviation land nuclear and marine and we've also just recently got a contract for a space program as well with satellites hence my Job as a system engineer. So, what we're looking for is AI technologies to cut across these areas uh, as they're really of interest to us. Uh, So, yeah, that's a bit about AI
0: as I say you know knowing the history of Babcock and where it comes from and that long history of shipbuilding and submarines and aircraft carriers and all of that it it really is um, you know a challenge now isn't it for for businesses of that type to be moving into this kind of area is it something do you think that that a lot more companies are are wanting to get involved in and bringing on engineers like yourself who come from sort of that comms that that satellite side of things into the more traditional engineering it's It's kind of melding all these things together, isn't it?
10: Absolutely, and I think um, it's not only within engineering, but it's also across so many different companies. You know, we've had the rise of ChatGPT; that's quite in the headlines. It's becoming quite public knowledge now about AI, what it can offer, and what people can use it for to kind of achieve not only in industry and engineering, but retail or wherever it is. AI, especially for our systems, as you say, we're a really large engineering company, and we do a lot of different work and. A main part of it is integrating the work, trying to make sure that everyone's aligned on the same approach and that knowledge transfer as well across the businesses is the best that it can be
0: yeah yeah I'm really quite excited to see how the the AI side of this and particularly the autonomous vehicle side develops i think in in the coming years and and it's it's clear that you as, as a company and you as an engineer are, are really excited about seeing how this is going to play out for, for the next 25 years of, of Formula Student, which is great. Now, we're obviously talking about the AI side of things. Now, um, there are two classes of AI, as I understand it, the automated driving systems, the ADS, and the dynamic driving tasks, which is the DDT. Can you tell us a little bit about those two aspects and and what the judges are actually kind of looking for in the competition?
10: Yeah, sure. So, um, ADS or automated driving systems, uh, it's like a self-driving car. That manages all systems of the vehicles, whether it's flying, driving, or swimming. Or in this case, this event, it's driving. driving. <laughs> uh, and then you also have the dynamic driving tasks. So this is where you're giving it a very complex driving task to undertake, whether it, where it's using all the sensors to navigate. I think that was a particularly difficult one. So it's yeah, it's, and that's what's quite impressive about the AI cars is physically they look the same, but underneath that, on the software side. It is incredible what the teams are coming out with year on year.
0: I haven't been and had a look at what they're doing. All I see is a lot of computers out on desks and a lot of people typing away, very very focused. <laughs> I mean, are you getting involved in in sort of guiding them and helping them to to understand the task in hand? You know how to how to manipulate these vehicles and and how to interpret. The, the coding uh, is that something that you you are getting involved in
10: yeah uh, definitely and it's definitely something we want to try and continue as we go forward with, with the sponsorship um, and we had uh, it was University of Oxford Brooks at the stand yesterday so they right. went through their presentation of their, their system what they're doing with it and it was really really impressive and uh, one of the things in particular that I thought was such a good thing to see on the academia side is the transfer of knowledge. So what they chose were software that may not be particularly, well, they're very good across the table anyway, but what they were trying to target was for the new engineers coming in first year, second years, is can they pick up and learn that software quickly, so then they can continue the development and the delivery of that car. And I thought that transfer of knowledge and that kind of sustainability aspect within the AI was really impressive to see from the team.
0: Yeah, yeah, we, we've talked about Oxford Books quite a lot today, yeah. actually. They've got mentioned quite a lot. I hope they're appreciating the the, <laughs> uh, the the big up that they're getting today. Earlier on, I actually had uh, the University of Glasgow in as well, their last year's team winners, and they have decided, having won the competition overall now, that they, they're going to step away from uh, the IC and move into um, the electric vehicle side and, and the AI side. Do you think it's a challenge for the students to to bring on teams into these new kind of classes and also do you think this is the way that engineering is moving now that we're not just mechanical engineers who build things like IC cars but we are actually becoming multidisciplinary engineers in the way that we work?
10: Yeah that's a really good question Uh, and we've seen that it's a common theme this year and last year where a lot of teams are making that transfer and it is incredibly difficult Um, and I think that's something that as you say is it's for an, in, for an industrial engineering, a mechanical engineer, it's invaluable to know about electrical engineering, about software engineering, systems engineering. So, be able to be that multidisciplinary engineer is becoming more and more valuable as systems get more and more complex.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it certainly seems that the young engineers coming through today are gaining a much broader um, set of skills and knowledge and, and, uh, you know, coming to the table with a whole plethora of, of experience that perhaps back in my day, uh, when I first started, when I was sitting in their position that you just didn't get that, you know, you were in your little niche kind of yeah. thing. So it's wonderful to see how that's coming into the competition as well, you know? So, so as the first sponsors of, uh, of the AI competition, what do you think Babcock will gain from from employing the kinds of engineers that we've just been talking about? Those that are coming out with not just the AI knowledge, but but the systems approach to problem solving. What what benefit does it bring to the company?
10: Yeah, so I think uh, Former Student, one of the things it does incredibly well is it it bridges that gap from academia to industry. So having the kind of hands-on experience, the part that you may not learn about in the lecture theatre, that's what ultimately, I think, gives it the, the valuable part. And one thing, again, an incredible about former student is a lot of the students are here in their spare time. You know, yeah. university's finished for them, they've done their exams, but you can see the passion and enthusiasm that they have. They want to be here, they want to be working on the cars. And that kind of attitude is, is what we're looking for in Babcock. People who just really live and breathe engineering, they really enjoy it. And also enjoy the teamwork that goes with it because there's a lot of camaraderie. A lot of the teams are, you know, they just have a great atmosphere about them.
0: Yeah, we were talking earlier today about it being a community. Absolutely. It is, you know, and it doesn't matter what engineering field that you go into later on, it, it is that camaraderie, that community spirit that you you build on. You keep those contacts, don't you, throughout. I'm sure you still keep in touch with some of the, the guys who are in your team as Definitely. well. Which um, So that leads me on to quite a nice kind of last question, I suppose, which is if you had that chance to, to compete in Formula Student again, you know, what aspects of it would you want to take part in and, and, uh, and be involved in? And, and what would you say to some of the young students or young engineers who might be listening who, who want to come into Formula Student?
10: Yeah, great question. So I think the first part, what I would like out of uh, Formula Student. So I'm biased, so I did aerodynamics for the car and I fell in love with it. You know, it, it looks really cool and just doing the CFD on it, for me, it just added so much to my my degree. You know, it, as that was part of my dissertation. And I think an advice that I'd potentially give to the, the young engineers is to really just get stuck into it. You know, really just live and breathe it and rely on your academics, your fellow students, the technicians, because the amount of knowledge that these people have and they're so willing to give it. And even other teams as well. I really like seeing teams kind of collaborate, sharing tools or knowledge, whatever it is. It's just relying on those people and setting up that network that just will inevitably help you in your career.
0: Yeah. You, you make a good point there because the, the number of times you see teams actually going and helping out other teams, this is there is a competitiveness, a massive competitiveness in those um, in those pits down there. But when it comes to issues and problems, the number of times I, I've seen other students go across and help another team, um, it's just wonderful to see. And there's there's so much you know passion there that it's it's great to see that, Christian. Thank you ever so much for coming on the podcast. It's it's been a pleasure to have you on the show and and to hear about this incredible new part of the competition and and how Bob Cook have got involved. So thanks for joining me. Brilliant.
10: Thank you for being here. All right.
0: Cheers. My next guest is uh, the World Academic Sales Director for Ansys,
11: Thank you very much. My name is Gilles Genschpiller, and yeah, I'm uh, the worldwide sales academic for, academic. for Ansys. <laughs> That's okay. And uh, yeah, it's a pleasure being here.
0: It's wonderful to have you guys to come and um, and talk to us on the podcast. So thank you ever so much for joining us. I, I wanted to start by by sort of talking a little bit about Ansys themselves because you are one of the the main sponsors for Formula Student. Simulation technology is, is likely to be familiar to most engineers, right? I mean, it, it's something that we, we use in, in a, our everyday environment, but probably not so much to, to people beyond that, I guess. Why does Ansys as a company feel the need to be involved with a student level competition such as Formula Student? and And what aspect of that what helps the students to understand why modeling is so important
11: so that's a very good question the the the, the key uh, reason why we actually work with the student very carefully it's very very closely it's because our clients are requesting it right. so the problem is uh, that simulation is used more and more in the industry yeah. but they have a problem recruiting enough student trained in simulation yes. and they're basically saying it's taking a lot of time for us to train them from ground zero, let's make sure that the students actually know how to use NSYS and start learning it directly in their, in their classes. Yeah. So that's that's the first reason. So we're here because we uh, support the student team, but it's not only about getting them access to the software. We, are, we developed a full range of material for them to be able to A, access the software. Right. So they have the software, next step, making sure they can get training And we developed a full series of training just for student team, but also outside of student team for the student that are like, hey, I want to know even more, I wanna know about nuclear engineering and simulation, aerospace and simulation, et cetera, et cetera. And the last step we did as well is to have certification available for the student. And that's really a lot of time where we do the handshake between the students. And the company, if a student is really motivated in simulation, he can take the certification, which means not only does he have the skill, does he or she have the skills on that resume, but then if he or she is certified, the company can say, hey, if this student is very good, they're certified in ANSYS. So we should definitely hire them. So that's the main responsibility. But also the second responsibility is, is a company. I think we have to make everyone successful. Yeah. And the students are completely part of that. So that's one of the reasons why we're here. I mean, I'm I'm just, uh, this is the third uh, event I do in two, Three months. Oh, okay. I've done two in Michigan as well, the the IC one and the EV one. And I just I just think those are the most uh, the smartest students uh, that that there is. What they're designing, how they work in team, is just impressive.
0: Yeah, I mean, being able to travel and see some of the other competitions as well as obviously taking part in formally Student, it must be really quite exciting from your point of view to see how the students. Bring all of this stuff to the table and actually present a vehicle which they can get out on the track, knowing that they've been able to simulate it, and model it be- before they've even built uh, a vehicle. So, how uh, is the the American um, competition different to to Formula Student, or is it a very
11: similar kind Do of? The format, th- similar. Yeah. the format is very similar. The format is very similar.
0: Yeah, fantastic. Now, one of the key elements of um, Formula Student is the engineering design part, the competition, where the students need to demonstrate the the processes that went into developing the vehicle and whether the vehicle met its original design intent. Clearly, modelling and simulation plays an important role uh, in that aspect of the competition. How does applying that kind of software and the sort of CFD and the the computer aided engineering provide a competitive edge to the students
11: do you think? So that's a that's a very good question again and the, if you ask students usually the first thing they come up with is they're going to use virtual prototyping to save time and money and basically the idea you're not going to just design a car the way you think and going to test it and there's what's work what doesn't work and build a car from all over again, right? So simulation, it's all about basically virtual prototyping, uh, testing your design in a virtual fashion, which is much faster and much uh, cheaper than than doing just physical prototyping. However, that being said, there are other advantages I want to talk about. And I was thinking about it, I thought about four key areas, performance, improving performance, improving reliability, improving safety, and also innovate. So if I can expand a little bit, if I think about performance, one good idea, one good example would be aerodynamic. Let's look at how to design the aerodynamic package the best, that the car was the most downforce, the best aerodynamic, et cetera. Another area of performance, there's a lot going on on topology optimization, and 3D printing, how can we use that to design the parts and tests part before printing them to make sure they meet all the requirements and we can actually build that so usually when you talk about topology optimization you're talking about reduced weight so that's for the performance but let's go to the reliability as well there is a lot I'm going to use another example for an EV car for example we all know that the car that are running here if they get too hot They basically completely shut down. So the students simulate the behavior of the battery, the thermal management, making sure the PCB don't get too warm, etc. So that's more on the the reliability point of view. I was also talking about safety. Safety, very easy example, uh, crash test. Yeah. You want to do them virtually because you're not going to build a car, <laughs> no. crash it, and then say, well, it actually passed. But now that we crash it, we have to rebuild another one. That's a, that's another example. So safety. And the last point, which I always uh, want to make sure students are aware of, is innovation. Hmm. A student can come up with a completely new, innovative, but untested idea. Guess what? No one is going to build it first. Because it's it may be innovative, may sound a good idea, but it's untested simulation is great to do the simulation where you have an idea just simulate just test it virtually maybe an excellent idea in the next one which we have the simulation and student can say oh yes it's innovative but we tested it virtually. We're going to build it, or can also say, "Hey, you know what? Next idea maybe it was not a good one." So those are the, the the four key points I wanted to highlight.
0: Yeah, no, that you make some very good points there, and I, I think that's that's really key to this this whole process, really, isn't it? To think through each of those stages and and um, and be able to apply. The, the technology to, to make those simulations, like you say, before they build anything and crash it, because <laughs> that's the worst thing. <laughs> now, it's been um, 25 years since Formula Student began. Um, Modelling and simulation ha- has changed out of all proportions. Certainly in my lifetime as an engineer, it's, it's, well, I think it was introduced when I first, <laughs> I'm feeling that old. <laughs> but I remember FEA, Software first coming in as a student, um, and, and back in the '90s, thinking it was the most amazing thing I'd ever seen, and and you could do all of this really cool stuff. And I worked on um, turbochargers to to use it for for modelling. What kind of simulation technology are we going to be seeing emerge over the next twenty five years of Formula Student, and and how might the that impact on the next generation of students taking part in the competition?
11: So the same thing when I when I was uh, thinking about that. I, the first thing I think where we're going to see uh, a lot of changes, uh, the students, and FSA in general, they use a lot of free dynamics, aerodynamics and everything, and also structural dynamics. I think the next frontier is going to be related to all the electromagnetics type of simulations. So as I see it, as I talk a lot to the EV teams, and a lot of teams are also going uh, electric, you have a lot of new problem, which is battery cooling. That's thermal management. They have a lot of problem of designing circuits and PCB that are reliable enough. All that can be simulated. They also discuss a lot problem of electromagnetic interference which that also can be simulated. So I think there is a whole new range of application that is opening for students to use those those technologies. That would be the near future, I would say. If I look a little bit uh, after, there's uh, a few self-driving cars here as well. Self-driving is also a new frontier of of simulation. And basically, I I don't remember the exact number, but the idea is if you want to develop a self-driving car or pretty autonomous driving cars, there's so many miles you need to do to validate it that you cannot physically do that. So you do virtual validation of the car and also all the technology related to AI and machine learning, artificial intelligence and machine learning. It's all great to use more simulation, but the more simulation, the more data. So to treat all this data, to use all this data in a predictive manner, you know, talking about artificial intelligence and, and machine learning. So that's a little bit the, the, the three steps. The first one is for sure everything related more on electromagnetic thermal management, EMI and, and things like that. But after we're talking self-driving, we're talking autonomous driving and we're talking also AI and NML.
0: Gilles, I think that sounds incredible. I am really excited to see what comes for the next 25 years of Formula Student, but particularly in the the kind of things that you're talking about. And it's great to have ANSYS involved in this whole program of helping the students to develop their technology. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's it's been a real pleasure to have you. Thank you. Thank you you very much
11: for the invitation.
0: No, you're welcome. Thank you ever so much. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, we have reached the end of our podcast today. It has been two hours of intense conversation with some incredible guests. I have to thank everyone who's come on the, the show today. Thank you to those who have listened in today. I will speak to you all again very, very soon. You've been listening to Impulse to Innovation, the Institution of Mechanical Engineers podcast. Thanks for listening. We'd love to hear from you, so if you'd like to share any news or any feedback with us, then please email us, podcast at imakey.org. All the information on this episode can be found in the episode notes.